Welcome to Season 2 of Let's Break Up, Toxic Workplace Stories. Join hosts Nicola and Gina as they tackle workplace toxicity head-on. Real-life stories, well-being, and standing against toxicity await you. Let's break up with toxic workplaces and create a revolution of positivity together. As a disclaimer, Nicola and Gina's opinions are solely their own and don't represent professional advice. It's just their perspective, so form your own conclusions. Heads up! This podcast may contain adult content and explicit language. So let's dive in and break up with toxic workplaces. Circling back to Stu, however, I met Stu at the Chatty Chatty TEDx thing. Okay. Um, he so you hadn't, you don't, you didn't know him at all before that. You met him first oh. night when you were dressed like a crazy pirate. I'm going to say fat pirate, fat pirate. <laughs> How does a fat pirate say arg? <laughs> I taught Lucia because like Joe and I took her on um, a little like fake pirate thing in Fort Lauderdale. And I was like, and I told her how does, I was like, what does a pirate say? And she goes, arg. But since you are now sell- saying you were dressed like a fat pirate, it's <laughs> It was just a poor war- wardrobe choice. Next time, you got to float it by me. You know what? Next, next time. Sure, 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 sure. Cool. You're like, there's not, guess what? There's not going to be a next time. <laughs> no, there might be. Okay, so you met him at the TEDx. Okay, so we met at the TEDx. Um, I He was really interesting, super curious, really wanted to talk about toxic workplaces. Um, and I was like, he's so feisty, like so... Good morning, Stu. How are you? I'm very, very well. You? We're doing great this morning. <laughs> awesome. It is, isn't it? It's morning. I know. It's a little early. Jeez, what are you doing to us? Oh, hey, I've been up for an hour and a half. But anyway, it's so great to have you joining us. We are very excited to have a chat. It was so lovely meeting you at um, the Disrupt HR stuff. So that was... Mm. Pretty fun. How did you how did you find your session went? Um I don't remember it. <laughs> but um yeah, because because it's so different to what I normally do, it was you know, my brain was engaged the whole time. But then when I watched the video back, I thought, yeah, landed it, that'll work. So um so I'm really yeah, I'm really quite happy. But I think yeah, the um the thing that I really enjoyed about the event was getting to meet a whole bunch of people. That's true. Mm. I, I don't think I've ever watched myself back on any recording ever and thought, yeah, that was awesome. I'm always like, oh, my God, my eye, one eye's smaller than the other. My <laughs> eyebrows retarded, like my hair. I, I think yeah. that's like a very like like gender specific thing because a man can look like a potato and be like, oh, I'm such hot <laughs> shit. No, no, no. Like I've always said this my whole life. And like a pretty girl can like look in the mirror and be like. Um, you know, I think, think, I think we all do that. I mean, the fortunate thing about the disrupt HR video was that, you know, I was like a sort of dot in the middle of a screen miles away. Um, you know, what I was listening to was the content and how I was rolling into it. Yeah, Um, they looked like a fat pirate. It was great. Oh, okay. (laughs) I think, I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you that, um, and I think it's all of us. Uh, We automatically look for what's wrong rather than what's right. And that's actually a problem in society. 
Um, we look for what's wrong rather than what's right. Rather than say, hey, shit, I stood up on stage in front of a hundred and blah people and spoke for five minutes in a format that I've never done before. Of course I'm fucking awesome. That's what we should be doing. <laughs> I I think I blacked out, though. I was so stressed that I think I legitimately blacked out. You did seem quite... Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god no i didn't get that i just i was annoyed at your outfit more than anything else <laughs> pirate outfit. i was like no you can't have two voluminous things one has to be like skin hugging and one can be be voluminous you can't have both <laughs> but we, we we were just okay. talking earlier what sound does a fat pirate make i asked I her know. i was like go I don't know because yeah, <laughs> there you are. I think you've been a bit harsh on yourself. Oh, okay. well, oh, of course, but that's like that's what we do. Self-care. Okay. Right, so, Stu, tell on? us, tell us um, your relation to having to wanting to be on our toxic workplace um, podcast, and yeah, look, yeah, it, you it, really, it, it, re- it really fascinates me that. Um, we live in a world where um, we talk about values all of the time, but very, very seldom live to those values. And that is the cause of an awful lot of toxic pressure within within the workplace. And I've seen it, um, yeah, I've seen it throughout my military career. I've seen it throughout my business career that you know, when um, the corporate world in the UK and in and in the US, landed on oh values and standards is something that the the British Army and the American forces have introduced to deal with bullying and yeah you know, that sort of nature in in um, in their environment. We've got to do the same, and everyone jumped onto this values, and it turned into let's stick four words on a wall and tell people that that's what we stand for, and it stopped. Mm. Rather like than values. Say again? Like hygiene, like hygiene values. Totally. It's, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that thing. Really? But then it stopped. And you know, where, where we need, you know, I believe that, and, and what I teach, is that we've missed the next two steps of creating a value-based workplace. And that causes a toxic culture. And you know, th- there are very, very simple things that we can do when we can walk into any business and see if there is an underlying toxic culture. Um, and I do it all of the time. When I walk into businesses, I just go, oh, right, I see. I know what I'm dealing with. Um, and we, you know, we have to step through that and, and step through that so that we go back to what the purpose of the values actually are. Um, so that's why I'm really excited to be here today. Thank you very much for having me. Um, second part of the question, who am I? Well, um, hey, I'm, I'm Stu. I was uh, a wee boy in Scotland just as the great shipyards began to close. And I thought, there's a world out there. So I went and explored it. And I've been exploring the world through my military career for 25 years. And you know, we moved to New Zealand 10 years ago. And I've, I've yeah, never stopped exploring because I believe that the human soul is an unstoppable force. And society has said, do you know what? Um, we can't let you be an unstoppable force because that's too difficult to control. It's but like being a you can't control like, a hurricane. You okay, can't. as a person who has been described as a hurricane, I don't agree yep. with this at all. 
Because I okay. when I set my mind to do something, that shit gets done. Yeah, it does. It does. And how many people do you meet like that? Yeah, there you go. That's the no, no, I, I, there are a few in my stable. I would say Nicola mm-hmm. is one of them. I would say my friend Nathan is another. Um, there's a few, but there, there's, there's less of those type of people than there are the fringe type of people or the people yeah. who are not yeah. like hurricanes. Like that's why Nicola and I work so well together. Cause I was like, I have this idea for this podcast. She was like, love it. And then the next thing you know, we're just fucking doing it. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you did it because you, you, you stepped into three particular areas that most people ignore. You, you said, look, fuck it. We're going to be unreasonable. Cool. Let's get out there and be unreasonable. Let's go and do that thing. Um, you chose to raise your standards, but not just raise your standards. You're raising the standards of your stable and the people around about you. And the third thing you did was you gave the ultimate sacrifice. Now, in my olden days, the ultimate sacrifice was you know, giving your life. But our ultimate sacrifice is giving our time and our energy into an environment that maybe not, maybe won't be that interested in receiving it. But we're going to go and do it anyway because we believe that that's what the world re- needs right now. That is what an unstoppable force is. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm on. I'm on board with the, the the new version of sacrifice because time is very valuable to me. <laughs> yeah, well, me what, too. I mean, if you think about you know, in in my olden days in my military career, you when we when we joined up, you sign up, you sign on the dotted line to say that I will give my life. It's a little bit like going bungee jumping or whitewater kayaking. You sign off a bit of paper that says, "If I die, it's all my fault." Um, that's my whole life. But, if I die, it's all my fault. <laughs> that's cool. That's on your tombstone. So, I did. It was my fault anyway. Yeah. Please make sure that happens for me, Nicola. And how freeing is that? How freeing is that? But you know, actually, what we did when you know when, when we all went off to war and some of us didn't come back again, um, what society did was we took their time from them. Mm. That's what happened. So what we should be all about is going, hey, I've got I've been gifted these 80 summers in this earthly suit. I gotta use this time and I've got to do so much. Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. You gotta zip it up, get on with it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Our podcast is powered by the seamless one-click installation and WordPress starter wizard from SiteGround. Choose from pro designs. Add contact forms, online stores, portfolios, all automated, no tech stress. Say goodbye to mundane setups and hello to a stunning podcast platform. Join us on Let's Break Up Toxic Workplace Stories and let SiteGround handle the digital stage for you. Launch your podcast website effortlessly, because breaking up with toxicity starts here. Okay, so okay. tell us, so tell us a little bit about some of the toxic places that you have worked at that have kind of led you to this thinking. So you asked me this question that yeah, in the first few moments that we met, and and I nearly told you the story because it was one that I'd I'd sort of forgotten, and it came bouncing back into front of mind when I was um, yeah when I was a sort of mid level leader in the um, in the British Army. Um, I was a company commander. I had responsibility for yeah about about 100, 150 um, uh, boys and girls. 
And we had been on exercise for uh, 10 days. We'd been living in ditches, in the rain, in the sun, eating yeah, Sounds like military Florida. rations. Yeah. <laughs> it, Sounds it, like it, South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, not so swampy. This was, this was, yeah, this was in, the, in the, the plains of Germany. And at the end, um, the exercise came to a finish and... Photographer came out and I thought, actually, what a great opportunity to get photographs of a photograph of my whole company together. Now, my company, uh, one of my section commanders, so a junior officer, um, had been absolutely brilliant on exercise. We had got on really, really well, dealt with all the sleep deprivation, all the stress of being on exercise. And at the photograph, we were standing in front of um, a main battle tank, right? And I'd said to um, this, this young captain, female, this young captain, hey, jump up onto the turret. You deserve to be up at the top of everything that's going on uh, for the photograph. So, um, so she jumped up and sat a little bit like Cher in um, whatever the, 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 the song was, over the barrel of the tank, right? Another officer walked past after the photograph had been taken and said, that looked like sexual harassment. And within 24 hours, my whole career was on the line. And how can something yeah. look like sexual? I'm confused. Uh, yeah, so was I. So was I. No, this was near them. This was this was a little while ago, but yeah, this was just this was one person's view. And I'll give him his due. He was he'd been an exercise as well. He was tired, but that one statement got. This one young lady thinking, oh, yeah, must be. And before I knew it, I was in front of the commanding officer being told that my military career was over. That was what, it. What, what year was this? Just so I can understand. This was, um, this was 2006. Okay, so not, not, like to, be a, not to be a dick, but there was a level of sexual harassment in the early 2000s that was almost acceptable. I don't agree mm-hmm. with it. But as a female who was in the workplace in corporate yeah. America in 2006, since mm-hmm. 20, since 2002, which is when I had my first job out of college on Wall Street, there was definitely a level of sexual harassment that you still had to put up with. It was not right. But yeah. So like I, I was it an, was the person who walked by male or female? Male. So look, this this. Began That's to even uncover. weirder, in my yeah, opinion. Totally. This so this what what actually happened was this uncovered um, a very very toxic undertone across the whole battalion. It spoke. I think to, the military is toxic anyway. Um, I think that's what uh, certain parts of society want to make the military. But I certainly agree that there are certain parts of the military where it is quite misogynist. Um, oh, I'm not even talking forefront. about that. Like, I'm just saying, like, I think that the majority of the military is just built on a foundation. Like, remember when we were talking to Tammy? Oh, and yeah. But Tammy was, was a nurse. nurse. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... There's just bullying, like, and there was no like escalation of the bullying because you can't escalate up, but you can es- like you can de-escalate. Yeah, like I just think mm-hmm. 
the structure is like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's the same with any, um, that's the same with many, let's not say every, um, that's the same with many older organizations that have a rigid spider yeah. structure. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, very difficult. Whereas, yeah. um, you know, if you look at, and I mean, I, I think, you know, the other end of the scale where you've got, you know, the starfish organizations like Google and Oracle and, and Apple, um, where they've got a very, very flat structure. Um, there are challenges there too. The answer lies in you know, creating a, um, an organization that allows um, open communication and openness to, to, to conversation, to be ourselves. But there is also a structure behind it because we still need that structure. That's what people look for in times of stress. Yeah. Yeah. That's- it makes like I understand the the logic behind the kind of the command and control structure, mm. especially in a time of increased stress and challenge, and you're going into like a war situation or whatever it is. You need that plan of action that everybody knows the same plan of action. Nobody's going to mm. stuff it up because they're like, I didn't know who my boss was. No, we knew exactly what was going on. And I, I, I get it. And that's what, that's what then creates um, in the military. We call it, uh, or it's called mission command where because we understand what the mission is, because we understand what's meant to happen. Um, we're left alone to get on with it. Uh, and you know, micromanagement is the opposite of that, where people just need to know everything that's going on, and that and that creates toxicity in itself. Yeah, that's true. We we came from an organisation with a notorious micromanagement. Okay, there you go. Right. That's how yeah. Gina and I met was at this particular organisation, um, which was very curious. Do um, tell, do tell. <laughs> what what caused you? Know, tell me about the micromanaging. What caused it? Why? Oh, you got to listen to episodes one through what three. Um, she, okay. she was essentially just very young, um, mm-hmm. to very well qualified people how to do their jobs consistently when they didn't even know, like, they never had a real job, math or retail right. <laughs> fucking planning, or right. yeah, or ever, or. or just you used to sell like old tires on eBay or whatever the fuck it was. You told Any, me we would have taken anything at that point. Oh my right. god. Um. Anyway, so she was the COO, and we were like, "How? How? How brown cow?" Mm-hmm. She's like half our age already, right? Like, like half, like less than half at this point. Wow. Girl. Okay. <laughs> For me though, okay. she, what was she? Twenty seven. No, I think she was, yeah, maybe like 25, 26. That's like, I'm going to be 44 in November. So that's about half. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, yeah, when you've got the challenge we have with people being thrown into leadership positions too young is that they've not had the opportunity to catch leadership. All they've done is they've been on courses, they've seen a bunch of folks around about them, and yeah, and then something changes and they're going, how do I deal with this? And how do they deal with it? They go into themselves and they start, they start micromanaging. Um, you know, leadership is something that we've got to catch um, from the experiences of people around about us. And that can be your know, bad experiences and good experience to say, well, that's the way I'd like to do it or that's the way I'm never going to do it. But the younger you are, the less opportunity you've had to do that. 
um, you know, yeah, in my career, I I wasn't even given leadership of myself when my career started. I yeah, I had soldiers around me saying, "Do it, do it this way, do it that way." It took me yeah, it took me twenty years, and that was quick to take command of of, of my battalion, um, of my unit. Um, but that's because I've been catching leadership for all of that time to hone those leadership skills to make sure that, hey, I'm going to do it as best as I can. Throw a 25-year-old into a leadership position without all of the supports, then they're screwed. I almost feel bad for her because, like, she really was in way over her head yeah, and was trying completely. to, like, figure it out as she went. But I think mm-hmm. there was a part of her that was too afraid to ask for help. But there also, I think, I think there was also like a pride thing as well. well yeah, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. But so there was a lack of humility. I'd say that there was a lack of a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, hopefully she's gone on and she's learned stuff and she's now a better leader. When we can only hope. <laughs> I'm like, we can only hope dead in the world over here. Uh, I'm but- the worst. Right. I'm like, they're a fucking pack of imbeciles. <laughs> Which they kind of are. Like every time you say it, I'm dead inside. I know. I know. Yeah. Look, anyway. it wasn't our finest hour. It, it was a learning opportunity. There you go. Was, as, long as, as long as that was the outcome, then that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So talk to us a little bit more around some of those toxic, you know, kind of experiences that you've had that have kind of led you into this. Kind of so I think I mean yeah that was I mean and I'm sure there were others but that was yeah I think that was the first time that I was on the um yeah stand in front of my my commanding officer being told Wait, that my life were was you, over. Were you um what did they say in the military honorably discharged oh, or no, what no, did no, they yeah say? that was it was all dealt with and it was all yeah everything was the heat was taken out of the situation and the, it was recognised what had actually gone on and uh, life moved on. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. Yeah, li- life moved on. But, I mean, that was, you know, when I started thinking about it, that was the first, oh, holy crap, there was that one. Um, but, yeah, it, then it came down to, well, me me dealing with the situation. You know, when I had command of, um, you know, over 200 soldiers, sailors, and airmen and trained over 10,000 people over 10 years, I had people going in and out the door all of the time. And, you know, every Monday morning um, I had a line of junior soldiers who had done something naughty over the weekend that we had to deal with. And you know, it really came down to, well, wait a minute, this means that the values and standards of the, of the British forces isn't getting through to some of, yeah, some of my team. Uh, so we, I, rewrote um, or got the team together and we wrote the values for the units which sat underneath the, um, the values of the, the, the armed forces and said, right, well, yeah, if this is the bigger picture, this is what we're going to do within the unit because you should be able to understand that stuff. Um, and that's what I did when I got into, um, you know, we moved to New Zealand and I, I, I was one of the founders of a tech startup. Um, we got, uh, you know, we got the values together and we did the work, but that still didn't remove the fact that I had a psychopath working for me. And, yeah, that relationship or all of those relationships across the business, it was just a constant tension um, in the in the three years that I was chief exec. Mm. 
So uh, tell us a little bit about the values that, or the sub-values that you ended up coming up with, because I'm curious to know, because again, at this organization that we met at, we can only describe the values as Dr. Seussisms. Um, and okay. they were moderately challenging to work with um, because they just didn't connect or they were um, contradictory or they just had these hygiene factors to them where it's like, well, you should just be a good person generally. You don't have to write that down. Um, so I'm curious to know what these, these sub-values were that you developed. So, um, yeah, in, in all honesty, that was, um, yeah, that, was a, that was well over a decade ago. I can't remember what those values were, but you know, what, what I will share is that when I left the military, I had to do exactly the same for me. Yeah. Because from the moment I left school, I'd had the values of the British forces. It's right, okay, it's selfless commitment, it's this courage, it's, it's okay, well that's cool. And then and then I take my uniform off and I go, right, what the fuck? Where where? And over yeah. 18 months, over 18 months, I established my own set of values. So my value, I've got six. My values are bravery, tenacity, enthusiasm. I'm a presence. Um, to everyone I meet, I'm honest and I act with um I I uh, I'm an inspiration to everyone I meet. So those are the six. Now yeah, I could pack them up and stick them in a box and just leave them and go, oh, yeah, I've got some values. But the whole purpose of values is that we live them. Yeah. Because when we live them, we realize if they're right for us, if they're right for the organization. If they're just written and put in a box, then it doesn't matter. You know, people will just do whatever they want to do. And, and human nature is we'll do whatever is best for us because it's about survival. So what we've got to do is we've got to bring the values to life. Now, in, you know, for me, I've got a book, um, which isn't on my desk at the moment, and I write my values down here. I've got a mantra that I write down every morning to remind me of the person that I'm going to be that day. Um, what is today's the, one? Well, all of them. So you know, I go through your know, bravery, tenacity, enthusiasm, and inspiration, honest, and being present towards everyone I meet. At the other end of the day, when I'm brushing my teeth at night, looking in the mirror, I go, right, okay, how was it? How, do you, how, how was today? Were we 100% across the board? And, you know, for the most part, no, because values are something we should live into. Values is a challenge to grow to the next level of who we, or, you know, we can be or who our organization can be. And if we miss that, and if we don't check in, then they're going to drift. And that's when that toxic environment starts happening. That's well, when I, I unwritten rules come in. Yeah, go on. Is kind of like you don't want to become complacent. That's like the opposite of what you're saying. And it's like mm -hmm. if you're goal driven and if you're working for yourself, you know, which is something that I do, it's like the harder I work, the more effort I put forth into my business or whatever the task is at hand, the bigger the reward. So mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of those values that you're stating are just going to come along for the ride naturally. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Nicola? I think, you know, it, it sounds, uh, for me, it sounds a little bit like um, the kind of miracle morning process where you have the values and then you kind of segment your time up in the morning into kind of the six key points of writing, reaffirming, mm -hmm. uh, you know, thinking, quiet time, all of those like 
little pieces to kind of bolster you up before you get your day going. But I think when you when you do that, yeah, it's great that you have this resilience around you. But when you head into a toxic organization that is innately toxic and doesn't give two shits about the values that you're bringing you're coming to crush your soul regardless of if you're feeling fabulous today Um, yeah I agree Nicola because it's like they'll make you crazier before you can change them yeah and a lot of companies even if you're coming in as a consultant to fix morale or whatever they're not really ready to change. No, they know they need to, they know they need to, but they actually don't want to hear what you have to say because reality is too rough or it's going to take some wind out of their sails or whatever. That that goes back to a point that um, Nicola made earlier when she spoke about your hygiene values. You're bringing a consultant in to do your workplace um, mental wellness, let's call it. Um, it's it's the sticking plaster. Uh, so we've got to do something so that when when the shit hits the fan, they can say, well, we did that thing. We did that. So you know, we're, you're, we're, we're a great culture to work for rather than actually doing the hard work or right. digging deeper into. And and that's what you're, when, when I go into organizations and you know, I mean, one of our workshops is developing values. Yeah, it doesn't stop with right. Okay, guys, thanks a lot. That was a lovely day. Thanks for lunch. Um, you've got your four words. Let's move on. This is a this is a deep process. That, that sounds you know, like the EOS to- meeting. <laughs> Let's have lunch. Those four words are good. Great company culture. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's that's what happens because there's something that happens you know, when when consultants go in or when um, you go in you deliver a workshop or. The door closes and everyone in that room agrees that yeah, we're gonna do the values work. We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. I even turned my phone off. <laughs> and then 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 at the end of the day, the door or the end of the session, the door opens up and the world hits us again. Normal daily dying hits us yet again. And you've got all the emails that you didn't answer. You've got a parking ticket, you're late for picking the kids up from school. <laughs> And you forget everything because automatically we go into that survival mode. Oh, I'm now behind. I've got to catch up. So all of the great work that happened in, you know, in that session or you know, that report that the consultant's written after they've been with you, yeah, nothing more than yeah, the, the top 10% of what you learned comes like, in. I think like, how do you bridge that gap? And I think, and Nicola and I were just talking about that. I think it takes a certain level of emotional maturity maturity and being able to really be honest with yourself about, especially if you're in a leadership position about what's going on, Mm -hmm. like, and not everybody wants to do that. And I think the people who are in leadership positions who don't know how to self assess or aren't willing to face reality are the most toxic. And it doesn't matter if you're man, yep. woman, whatever. I just think that that is what creates the most toxic type of workplace. Um, so it's all good, right? Like you can come in, Stu, and say like bravery, you know, persistence, I, enthusiasm, mm-hmm. being yeah. present. But unless the leadership of that company buys into that idea, 
you're just like basically showing up and saying a bunch of gobbledygook and then getting a check and going away. And that's cool too. I mean, get money however you can. Which is, which is why, which is why I've walked away from the corporate world, which is why I do what I do because I recognize that actually, do you know what? I cannot work. I choose not to work with those people because they are part of the problem. I look at it. I look at leadership. Yeah. I look at, um, I look at leadership across, and I'll use New Zealand, but we see it. Yeah, you know, we see it across across the world, um, and you know, it's an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And the evidence of it being an echo chamber is the challenges that we are seeing in our national leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there is that echo chamber of well, I'm a leader, that for therefore this means that, and I've got a leadership coach who tells me these things, which means it must, and it just keeps going round and round in circles, and that. Um, that exacerbates the challenge that we're all talking about because it says it's okay. And the leadership of our nations, the leader, sorry, the leaders in our nations creates the leadership we see at every level across our countries. And it says it's all right to not uphold our values. It says it's all right to, you know, just sort of, just brush over the the truth of the matter rather than actually going, now we're actually going to dig into this. That's the real challenge that we're facing. It's not just individual organizations that have got a toxic leadership culture or a lack of values within the workplace. What we're actually seeing is that it is being led by the examples we're seeing at the national level. Mm-hmm. And that's, okay, whatever, so- that's whatever color you vote. I, I don't... <laughs> I like don't follow politics at all. So okay. I am not or I'm not educated enough to even talk about politics. Like I let I leave that to the, the grown-ups. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> um, even though I'm a grown like coming up. from America, I feel like anything that you do in that space would be like a hot button topic. <laughs> I mean, everything's a mess everywhere right now. That's really my mm-hmm. political stance is everything's yeah. a mess everywhere and I'm just going to do what I can do to make my life and those around me a little bit better every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What is it that you do exactly now and how does it work into your um, you, the value thing? What mm-hmm. I do now is I go into, um, I work with organizations and individuals and help them to reach beyond the limits, become unstoppable. Uh, And I do that through um, workshops. I do it through Mm -hmm. one-to-one coaching. And I do it through a mastermind program where I bring uh, a dozen businesses together. And we we work together over 12 months to to raise them all to to the level that uh, they didn't think was possible. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Before we dive back into uncovering the complexities of toxic workplaces... We have an important request for you. If you find our discussions eye-opening and thought-provoking, consider subscribing to Let's Break Up Toxic Workplace Stories. Subscribing not only ensures you catch every episode, but also helps us reach a broader audience with our message of positivity and change. But that's not all. Leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform goes a long way in spreading awareness about the impact of toxic workplaces on individuals and the solutions we explore together. Okay, so can you give us a quick example of what what it might look like? 
yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the 12-month programme, I, um, I, I go and actually spend time with the chief exec and with, with the businesses um, and, and help them work out where their next levels are. And we've got a number of tools that we use to, um, to bring an organisation to where, they, where really the board level, where the, the governance level um, thinks they should be, but the board doesn't have a clue about how to get them there. And, um, you know, I just sit down and work with them and just um, you know, identify the challenges that they haven't seen. So, you know, if it's values-based, uh, you know, I had a conversation last month with a client who's, you know, and I, I, you know, th- this is big for New Zealand, but a, you know, tiny for the U.S., a 650-acre um, thoroughbred uh, stud farm. Um, they were they were going well. Look, this you know, this isn't working. Our values are broken. In fact, we don't even have any values. How do we? Okay, so we begin to introduce the the values concept to them and go deeper and deeper and deeper until it actually lands with every single member of the team. But then we also look at well, how does that affect revenue? What is it that you are doing in your business right now that has nothing to do with sales? Has nothing to do with marketing or BD? But the system's still broken. How do we unpick that? And you know, we just slowly, um, in fact, not slowly at all, we just unpick what's not happening in the company and we see massive accelerations um, in those businesses because we're not focused on the traditional bits of business. We're actually focused on what's making, you know, what is the lifeblood of the business and how do we get people working smarter together? So it starts with values, it moves on to communication and conflict resolution. There's a bit of leadership in there. Um, and then we, we break down, look, everyone needs a business plan, so I'm told. Um, why? Why, don't we, why not instead do we work on a bunch of priorities that causes the business to evolve rather than everyone having to face change the next time someone comes up with a good idea? So we, we, we cause businesses to start evolving in what they choose to be rather than the traditional start-stop nature of change teams. Hmm. Do you know anything about the EOS system? Have you heard of this? Have you heard of this? Because what you're doing, is it just me, Nicola, or does it it kind of sound very similar, which isn't a bad thing? It's not a bad, because it's not rocket science, right? It's been around for like decades and decades and decades. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That process. And sometimes I feel like it's like a company reset almost. Yeah. But then when you're doing that, is it ever like really apparent to you like who's fucking toxic? And yeah. you're like, is it? Yep. Yeah. And what do you totally do about that? How do you deal How with it? you that? like, you, sir, are the most toxic human being I've ever met. Please leave. No. Well, no, you, the, the thing is, if you actually land your values properly, you don't ever have to have that conversation. Look, it might come to that. Of course, you might have to have that conversation, but you can you can have a values based conversation that causes that individual to, in the most pace, in in the most in almost every case that I've dealt with, the individual leaves the organisation because the values are not aligned. There's only been a couple of occasions where we've had to do a business restructure in order to sort the problem out. Hmm. So I left because. So I was res- so where Nicola and I met, I resigned and then they fired me. And I know to our regular listeners, they're tired of 
me saying that. So bored of it. <laughs> they're so they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, we know you're fucking annoying now, but um, <laughs> but I think it was like I just was like, this is such a mess, and I can't be a part of it. And like yep. I knew enough because I had whatever twenty years of working in corporate America and building a business from scratch. Um, that I was like, this is just a sinking ship. Like, I can't be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say I, that that's a values alignment thing either. That's a, that's a, hey, I can see this is not a good But it situation. was values, right? Because their core yeah. values, as we spoke about multiple times, were like missed, like they were just like, didn't make any sense. Like they were not, like, I feel like a core value is something like, always be honest, you know, like even that's kind of like a hygiene value, but it's like, or Mm -hmm. be enthusiastic. It's like, I can be enthusiastic, but I can still disagree with you. Right. So it's like, it was like, be enthusiastic in the way that we want you to be enthusiastic. And I'm like, that doesn't work for me. Like, that's not a real thing. And so you, yeah, I mean, I, I agree that you, you left because your values were so disparate from the organization that you had no choice because insanity was the only other option. I was going insane. I was absolutely going insane. And then of course, in their true toxic fashion, they then fired me and gave me severance, even though I like, was like, I have no choice but to resign. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. It's exactly the same reason that I took my uniform off. I was at, um, yeah, I was at the, the, the Royal Military Academy at Sandhurst, where all baby officers pass off at Parade Square. And yeah, I was there as a senior officer with all of the other ones. And I was looking at it going, really? All of the bullshit that I'm hearing today. Mm. Th- yeah, and this is what you want your next generation of leaders to be hearing and to act like and to be? Really? Mm. And that was it. I, and I then you were just like, I'm out? Yep. I mean, it, it, took, yeah. it took a little while to, to actually get out, but that was it's the moment. It's different in I the military, right? Done. Like, you can't just, like, be like, peace out, I'm resigning in an email. But like, Well, you, you can, <laughs> but it just takes a bit of time to, yeah, to get through that process. But that was the right. moment that I went, do you know what? I'm done because you know, my values no longer align with um, what I am seeing and what I'm right. feeling about the organization. You had outgrown and- it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah, I do yeah, I do think you you left because your values no longer who you were didn't align with the business you work for. There are probably no. people in that business who are going, Yay, this is great, I'm happy with this. Now that's either because they're completely unconscious or because they align with those values. Yeah. Or they've like drank the Kool-Aid for so long they don't know any better. Rude. Yeah. Well, I it was That's different exactly for you it. though. Yeah, it was different for you, Nicola, though, because you liked them as a consumer first. True. So you kind of already pre you like pre ordered the Kool Aid. I did pre order the Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah. I made the Kool Aid at home first, and then yes. I, I then I sipped on the Kool Aid, and then I got. Then I then I like swam. I bathed in the Kool Aid. Yeah, 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 yeah. From the Kool Aid, and then drank my bath water too. Oh, gross! Nice. But yes, but okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, whereas I didn't even know this company existed, and I was like, "What? Who are like who are these people?" But like, it's a CPG, so I'm good. I'm gonna be good at it, and I was good at it. 
And um, I was told that I made everyone feel stupid. I'm like, well, what can I, I have like 18 years of experience. You Mm -hmm. guys don't. (laughs) You either learn from it or you walk around feeling like you're stupid or you ask questions. Like what's, what is the alternative there? So many, so many alternatives. You can leave. (laughs) Whatever. But yes, to your point, Stu, like I was just like, this is fucking insane. I know better. This is a sinking fucking ship. All these people are not only individually toxic, they come together and create like a toxic, like sludge monster. Yeah. And then like, they're like all on top of each other and they're like, ah, toxic. Um, And I was just like, I don't have time for this shit. It's like, I don't have time for this shit. I'd rather be hungry and have no like actual real income than have to deal with this bullshit. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you on that. Oh, that's too, that's too entertaining. Thank you. Thank you everybody for that entertaining piece of joy. (laughs) Anyway, so Stu, tell us a little bit like what, where are some of the places that our amazing podcast listeners can find you? What are some of the things that you can offer them in like a service, like service wise, how can you help them? What are some of the things that they can hunt you down for? So for, first up, um, Unstoppable Force TV uh, is um, is now into its. We just just launched it last month, so we've got four episodes up there. You can find that on YouTube. Um, my Unstoppable Force podcast is uh, is available out there. Um, there will be a there will be links to it on the new website www.unstoppableforce.co.nz. Uh, um, you can find me there. You can find me on, you can find the audio book, Lead Through Life, on uh, on Spotify. And uh, yeah, if you jump onto Amazon, Amazon's got the, the audio book, the e-book, the, the hard copy, or the, the, the paperback copy. If you, um, if you want to look through that, that's very much a book about a leadership framework that, um, that, that I developed throughout my military career that is now used, um, you know, from schoolboys to, to corporate leaders, um, and look, yeah, if you if if anyone wants to talk about values, leadership, jump on a call with me. You can jump on the website. You can book a thirty minute call, and we can talk about where you are challenged in terms of leadership. Or um, yeah, if you've got if you feel that your organization is a little bit more toxic than you'd like it to be, uh, especially if you're at the, you know, in a leadership role, jump on and let's, let's I have a would conversation. love to gift our old business a 30-minute call with Stu. <laughs> well, if they, if they have got the humility and the vulnerability they don't. to take the, it, And they do not. <laughs> then, the, then the offer is there. But yeah, the offer is there that you know, jump on, book a call, and we'll talk about it. And where might that go? Well, you know, we we offer uh, six um, half day workshops, either in person or virtually, that cover the gamut of leadership, communication, conflict resolution, um, and you know, a values framework. And also, the values framework includes the tools you need to embed those values into your organization. Um, yeah, that's the that's the, the work that um, that's the work that we do across across New Zealand and a little bit in the US. Okay, fair cool. enough. I love that. Mm-hmm. It has. I'm going to say it's been absolutely 
a hoot chatting with you today. Well, I, I, thank you. It's yeah, and, and yeah, this always happens on podcasts, which is really cool. You end up going to some really random places, don't you? Um, some like of these me are lecturing you the about fasting. I've been. I have, I have no issue about being lectured about anything because yeah, you know, if there's an opportunity to learn, I'll um, I'll take it. If 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 I find something of use in it, awesome. If not, I'll come back to you and tell you how my year was and what I learned from it. If if anything, maybe the thing yeah. I learn is that I don't want it to ever fast again. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. No. Hey, Luke, guys, it's been fun. Thanks a lot for inviting me on. Really enjoyed it. Um, it's been insightful. I've learned some stuff. Um, and uh, I hope uh, I hope it's been useful to uh, to everyone who's listening. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank awesome. You. Thank you. You have a All right, wonderful then. rest of the day. You too. Bye bye. Big. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Let's Break Up: Toxic Workplace Stories. If you enjoyed our candid conversations and insights, don't forget to hit that like button, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform.